There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are aware. I am Holly Whitaker. There is no and this is Home Podcast. Hey, Laura in Hong Kong. Hi, Hong Kong. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's nighttime over here, and it's all buzzing outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I haven't been able to see a ton yet, but I plan to tomorrow, and... I'm all screwed up on time. I got I can imagine. It's so weird. Like, it's a day ahead right now. Yeah. Well, um, is it? So it's the 10th of March there? So, no. So so that's not true. So it's 6 a.m. your time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 10 p.m. Okay. Here. Yeah, I've 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 had a I've had a client who lives in Shanghai, and it's always so I always it's it's always been a problem trying to figure out for me like uh, what day it is <laughs> yeah but like you know by the time in a couple hours it will be a day ahead yeah yeah oh, that's awesome um and you might be back which is even more exciting be back and yeah and hopefully our connection on this it's gonna be bad plays nice <laughs> I, I already heard it it's not gonna be great sound quality but it's cool because, you know, you're in Hong Kong and I'm in L.A. And, yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get right into it, shall we? Shall we? Oh, my God. <laughs> Should we? Shall we? Okay. Cool. So this is our second part of our labels episode. And we are finishing the conversation that we started Uh not last episode with Rob Bell, but the episode before, episode 33. And today we're basically just talking about how our own personal relationship with the label alcoholic evolved and um, and then just, you know, really getting into how each of us identifies now. So, so let's start with, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, I was talking before I wanted to share a quick story because it was funny, funny-ish. Um, after we recorded the last episode, that weekend, I went away to Maine and had my daughter's seventh birthday party. And it was a big a house full of people um, and her family and friends and um, a lot of drinking. I mean, not that gross amount of drinking. It was just, you know, there was drinking there. And at the end, toward the end of the night, my daughter was facing me in the kitchen. The kitchen's huge and that's where everyone was. And people are kind of shuffling around getting ready to leave, um, or at least the guests were. The family was staying. And uh, someone went to grab another beer. And my her dad said, you going to get another beer, dude? Um, and my daughter looked at me and goes, my mom's an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) And my eyes kind of bugged out of my head. I, I, um, nobody heard her. Like no one, no one heard her. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe my ex mother-in-law cause she was standing there. Yeah. Um, and that would have, you know, whatever her and I talk all the time, but, um, like nobody there, doesn't know that I don't drink, but it was just her saying, put me, it was so, um, it caught me so off guard and she was just kind of testing me. Like she goes to meeting, goes to meetings with me. We talk about it. You know, she, she's asked me, um, a lot of questions, but she was kind of testing me then, you know, someone brought up alcohol. She knows that I don't drink alcohol and she, she, she said, you know, my mom is an alcoholic. Yeah. So it was like a, it was a test to how I actually felt about, you know, the, about the word and, and just, you know, slapping that label off in the middle of a Well, when you told me, people. yeah, when you told me this story just a minute ago, before we started recording, 
you, the, you made a face and your face was like, then, you know, the veins popped out on your neck and your eyes bulged. I mean, it was the face <laughs> of shut up, you know? Um, yes. yes. I looked at her and I was like, not now. And what I, I mean, and, and this is a question that I wanted to save for when we're actually recording this. What would you have, like, how would you have reacted if everyone stopped, you know? Like, how would you have, yeah. you know? I think I would have gone the humor route because that is – that's just probably what I would have done. Yeah. That's um, what I seem to do in those situations. Like, I think I would have laughed about it. I think it almost – if people would have heard, it would have almost been better then because I wouldn't – I my reaction was so um, instinctual. It was just like, what? You know, like – it was, I don't know if it was because my daughter was saying it. I don't know. It was just, that was my pure, honest reaction was the eyes bulging out of the head and like, shut up. Like, yeah. no, not right now. Um, I think I would have gone the humor out. Like, I don't know. Maybe said, well, that does it. Where's the wine or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of stuck with me because... It, we had just talked about it and, you know, I was sort of put to the test of, um, you know, understanding how I feel about that label. Because um, it's funny, you know, throughout the night, I had a few conversations about not drinking and people ask questions and they, everybody knows it's like not a thing. But it but yet when she said, my, you know, my mom is an alcoholic, it was like a different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she was, I mean, she was like pointing at you, you know, she was putting you on, you know, I mean, it was, it was pointing, it was calling you out on, on something. And and most of the time you're not in a situation, most of the time it's, it's not loud. Most of the, do you know what I mean? Most of the time until we talk about these things, it's very, it's controlled. It's like, I, it's a one-on-one, there's context. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what it made me do, too, was say, okay, I'm going to talk to her about this. Because she was surprised at my reaction. Yeah. She she goes, why can't – because, I mean, I bring her to meetings. Like, I sit there – I mean, she's heard us record our podcast. Like, (laughs) And you had just that morning written that letter to her. And it said, Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed so that you can't – so that you're not ashamed. I mean, you had said those words in that letter that you wrote to her on that's on your blog. And so I think it's interesting, you know – one of the one of the times I um, one of the weirdest things that ever happened to me was when I was when I was calling myself an alcoholic and I was uh, I was talking to Gabrielle Glazer. She's the author of Her Best Kept Secret. And we were we were uh, in a, a circle of of people. She had just been on stage, just talked to you know large crowd. It was at a Health 2.0 conference and. I was with one of my girlfriends who also didn't drink and we had read her book and we wanted to meet her and talk to her about what she was doing in her work and we were standing in a circle with all of these people that had just taught we had just had this talk about alcohol abuse and she and it was a bunch of ceos and like like uh investors it was a this was like after like a reception mm -hmm. yeah exactly she and she was drinking a glass of wine which i thought was amazing but this was what this was the part that was that really got me was we were standing in a circle and I said Gabrielle I'm Holly we've been in email exchange because I'd been introduced to her by a couple of women that I knew and I said um, I'm an alcoholic and in the group gets like uncomfortable she walks across the circle to me and grabs my face and says no 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 you're not. And um, said, "Sweetie, no." And I backed up from her, and I said, "No, I'm, I am." And I kept on talking, and I, and then, and we had this weird conversation where she was trying to pinpoint if I was European descent or, or Asian descent. What? It was just really weird. But the point of it is that I, when I said it to this group, it was everyone just. St- 
stiffened and you know because we don't walk into groups and say you know like the same as when you're at that you don't announce you don't announce like I am a crack cocaine addict (laughs) yeah you don't say it and so it I think that there's the element of fine you know there's the element of how we identify and then there's the element of what happens when we use a word that's heavily stigmatized and has a lot of baggage and a group of people and and I think you know for if I were in your situation, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't even imagine if I would, if if that you know if I had been in that situation, you know how I would have reacted. But because that's that's a heavy that's a heavy well, situation. Here I am, you know, like you said, I had just written about my blog. I had written a letter to my daughter on her birthday and posted to my blog about how I'm not ashamed, so she doesn't have to be. Yeah, I, and I'm not. That's the thing. I I'm not. But that the word like it was so awkward. Yeah. Um, and and just it, I you know I don't know it was really curious to me to have yeah. that happen yeah so um, let's get to it so when yeah. you um so how did it evolve for you so the taking the label through you know and and how it's it's kind of evolved from you how just just yeah. answer that in any whatever way okay so I. The label, I, I I said it first in a meeting, in an AA meeting, um, because that's how you identify in a meeting. And it was like the most awkward, strange thing to roll off my tongue. And um, I now I don't I don't walk around saying I'm an alcoholic anywhere except for in AA meetings. And it, that hasn't really changed. Um how I think about it has changed a little bit. Like, but at I, first you were. But but I, hold on, slow it down. Don't just jump to now because we still are going to talk about now. But I'm. But what I'm. What I'm really want to get to is like how it evolved. Like how that has evolved yeah. because you didn't just you did because you did actually say you know it's not it wasn't just in meetings it was yeah no I yes you're right okay so so I because also. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I didn't know what else to say. I would say I'm an addict and I would say I'm an alcoholic, um, especially like in writing, you know, yeah. in, in some of my earlier blog posts, I would say, um, you know, like I would say things like I'm pissed that I got tagged with the A word. Yeah. Um, I, but it was never a hi, I'm Laura and I'm an alcoholic because I didn't, I don't, I didn't like that. But it was, I, you know, I would say it as if I was talking about the label itself and, and talking about, um, almost as if it was like someone else. But I, so, so yeah, no, I, I did say that and I, and I definitely said it in meetings, um, and I still do, but, Somewhere along the line, like, you know, in all honesty, the word has never, it, it had a lot of bite to it when I, for, I don't know, a year, like it just didn't feel right. Like I felt like I had to say it because if I wasn't saying it, I was not accepting a thing Yeah. about me. And, you know, that denial, the denial of this thing was part of the reason I wasn't staying sober. Yeah. So fine. Okay. I'll say the thing. Um, and it's not that I don't identify with the fact, you know, that I didn't identify with the fact that I couldn't drink at all. And that I, you know, like I said before, I can't fuck with alcohol. It's just the word felt um, diminishing or something. It, it felt, it just didn't sit right. I don't know. Like certain word, come on, label. It's a label. And... So I've noticed myself over the course of the past two years, uh, now three, you know, one and a half of those was getting sober and one and a half has been sober. <sighs> Moving, um, I say it less and less and less. Um, really the only place I say it is in meetings. Um I wrote a post yesterday that said, that used the word, that said, I, um, 
I wanted to have any flaw that except for alcoholism. And honestly, that was like a, an economy of words choice because how, what else do I say? I'm, I'm, I didn't want to be someone who had an allergic reaction to drinking and you know what I, I, it was an economy of words thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, let me, you know, convey this in a way, way people understand immediately. Um, but I don't, I went from kind of accepting the word. Well, not accepting the word, but saying it, then accepting the word, um, accepting it and sort of just doing it like, because that's what happens in meetings to being a little uncomfortable with it again. And it's not a, and it's, what has changed is that I, you know, I felt that because this is what gets told to you in AA, if you can't say that, you're in some kind of denial. Yeah. If you can't say it, you're not owning it. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. I don't think there's any part of me, I know there's no part of me that doesn't own this thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, I call BS on that for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to walk around saying it. Um, it also, I've noticed um, it's, it's limiting. It's, it's a limiting story. The word feels very limiting to me. If I like, you know, walked into a room and said, you know, Hey, <laughs> like you did in that room. I'm an alcoholic. Like, okay. That's, that's like one li- on the list of 700 things about me. Um, and I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't say it that way. You know, I, I don't talk about it that way. Um, except for in meetings. Yeah. So that's, that's how it's evolved. It's not, you know, I, I do, I do feel like it's limiting and, I feel like it's a label and I think labels can be really tough. I agree. Um, and it's, you know, I've thought a lot, a lot about this, I've thought a lot about it, especially since my daughter. So that's, so, uh, so the end of my piece, what I'll say, and I think this kind of ties it up how I, how I feel about it, um, is I, on the drive home that next day with my daughter, I wanted to bring her up, bring it up because I knew she was surprised by my reaction. Um, she, so I said, do you understand? Do you, uh, so mommy got a little upset last night. Do you understand? I, but I told you, I wanted to talk about it again. What, what did I, what was I talking about? And she said, you were talking about being an alcoholic. And I said, do you know what that word means? And she said, no. And I said, it means that I have an allergy to alcohol. And she said, like, I have an allergy to poison ivy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't do nice things in my body um, when I drink it. So I don't drink it anymore. Yeah, I said that. And that's all. And she seemed satisfied with that answer. So it's tricky. It's tricky, you know, like, how do you explain to a seven year old what it is and why she shouldn't say that? Um, what is a better word for it? How, what, it, what should our language be? What should my language be? You know, and that's something that's continually sort of evolving. Yeah. Um, for me, it's much more comfortable and true and real to say, I don't drink. Right. Right. Um, and that's it. You know, that's, the end of the story for me and it's not because I'm in denial <laughs> uh, it's I don't want you know it's just how what feels right to me so is that is that answer yeah the, the sort of first part yeah and also answered I guess how do I de- identify now um but we can we can touch on that a little bit more yeah I think it brings also kind of brings up this other question of what do we do, right? Like, what do we do? What is it, you know, so we can complain about it or we can say this is not right. But at the same time, then how do we discuss it? Um, Well, I want to make one quick 
thing because I, I, I just thought of this as we're talking. So I got a text after the last episode. I got a text from one of my friends that listens and um, is also in sobriety. And she said, I, I, I was so confused by the last podcast. and I'm usually not. Do you identify as an alcoholic or not? And I told her, well, you know, we didn't really get there yet. That was for what this episode was for. But um, if identifying as an alcoholic means I know that I can't drink, yes, I identify with as being an alcoholic. I don't go around saying it um, anywhere except for in meetings. Um, but yes, I do. And she said, okay, got it. She's like, do I, she's like, I, I feel like I don't want to walk around saying that I'm an alcoholic, but my counselor, you know, says that I need to. I said, no, you can say whatever, you can use whatever words you want. You need to know and truly accept and understand that you cannot drink, but I don't think you need to say that you're anything. Yeah. And um, it's a tricky, tricky, hard thing. And I, I think it's only tricky in the world of AA. I don't think outside of AA it's very tricky. Oh, no, I do. I definitely do. Well, I mean, I don't – in my experience. Um, yeah, well, okay. Well, no, that's true. I guess, you know, it, it's not just – I think because of the model of it, that AA is built, which I love and support, I think that it is – there's a delineation, like a hardcore, you're the alcoholic or you're not. And what, so to the outside world, that is what we know as well, right? Well, that's what I was going to say because there is, I mean, we think it's only limited to AA, but you also forget that our entire model of understanding addiction for the most part in the United States is stems from Alcoholics that's, Anonymous. And so right. because of that, there is, I, I've written a piece on this before, like we, we, as a society have a very, very well entrenched view before we even drink. Your daughter has an idea of an alcoholic and she hasn't even like, she's, you know, she's a third of the drinking age. And so, and she's, you know, and she's not alone, you know, we all on some level are exposed to an idea that it lives on one end of the spectrum. It looks like this, this guy in the street with, you know what I mean? We have this idea in our head of what an alcoholic is because of how it's portrayed in the social, in the, in the social media, in the media and how yeah. it's identified in our own families and how it's identified and the hush, in hush school. And yes, yeah. Yeah, so. and that's what really came up with the thing with my daughter because it's like, how do I talk about this openly? You know, I don't need to tell this little kid everything, but how how do I be, you know, the most open about it? She doesn't see what I write on my blog. She doesn't see the conversations that we're having here. She doesn't, she doesn't know all that yet. Um, so it's a long learning, you know, it's like a, it's a big, much bigger undoing than just taking away a label, um, obviously. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what about you? What, um, how has, how has it evolved for you? I think I touched on it a lot last time and, uh, it for me, like I said, I went into it not, you know, just saying I'm, I'm a non-drinker. And then I drank again after not drinking for a couple of months. And then I worked on, I worked towards, you know, quitting drinking again. And then I, I stopped and on April 1st, I stopped. And then I drank two weeks later. And when I, when I went for it again, uh, which was the last time I drank, I just felt really compelled to go to a meeting. And at that point, it was very helpful to me, not because I, I mean, I knew I had a problem. Again, like you, there was no denying that I, I needed to stop drinking. I knew I needed to stop drinking. There was not anything that calling myself yeah. an alcoholic was going to do, but there was something about, and I don't know if it was the mix of actually going and sitting in a meeting or if it was a mix of, uh, I don't know exactly what it was, but um the more important part of, of the label aspect of it was that it really demonstrated to the people around me who were not supportive or who were questioning it or thought it was just yeah. a thing, the severity of it. Because when you tell somebody I'm an alcoholic, they don't say, not just tonight, <laughs> you know, they, it turns into, oh, <laughs> right. it goes they from, leave you alone. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you know, and then you stop getting invited to things. No, but, um, I think 
you know, for me, it has what's been the bigger evolution of it is really understand is is not so much in my own personal identification from it because I've I have I was I was not fighting against not drinking. I think for most of my life I was terrified and clinging to it. But when I I got the news, you know, in October of 2012, like I knew this can't go on, and I I made that conscious decision knowing I don't want to drink, I can't drink. It was That was a different, you know, yep. I made my, my, my peace with that um, pretty early on. And so I didn't need a label to really, you know, tell me that, you know, I had a problem. But I think the more interesting evolution is in how I personally uh, feel about how it's used. And and what that does to us as a society, I think that for me has been the biggest thing. And at first it was this all out war cry, you know, when I stopped using it, when I stopped identifying as an alcoholic, it became I need to stop everybody from using this label. And there's this interesting there is this really interesting. um, Did I talk? Did I talk about the, the the classroom? The, the Dan Pink no. classroom thing. In, no. in one of Dan Pink's book books, To Sell as Human, he talks about how there's three fifth grade classrooms. And I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, not verbatim, but the idea is this. There's three classrooms. Each, you know, are responsible for keeping their classrooms clean. One classroom is told they are terribly messy they're the messiest and they need to like keep their room. They, they need to like do a, a chore. They need to essentially like do the chore, do some chores, right? They're given a chore list. The other room is neutral. They're not told anything. They're given a chore list. The last room is told they're the cleanest fifth grade classroom. They're just pristine and perfect. And they, you know, watch the room's hygiene over a period of time and at the end of it, the cleanest room is is not the room that was told that they were dirty and needed to keep it clean and were given a chore list. It's not the room that was, you know, just neutral and given a chore list. It was a room that wasn't, I don't even think they were given a chore list, but they were told they were the cleanest. That was the room that was clean. And this just illustrates on some level we live up to, and this is just part of it, but I do believe we live up to the labels that we are given. I do believe there's a self-determining factor in what we believe about ourselves. And... The word alcoholic is a really heavy, heavy word. It has a lot of stigma attached to it. And and that is up to each of us to decide how, how much stigma. That's up to each of us to really understand it. But in general, as a society, there's just this, there is, and there is also a huge othering around it. And I just finished yeah. reading, um, I just finished reading, um, Finally, it took me a long time, The In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. <sighs> and when, and I love Gabor Mate, and I'll say that, but, you know, he talks about addicts, and he, in this, he does this fine dance talking about his addiction to classical music and his addiction to work. Well, addiction to work is glorified if I'm a workaholic you know people bow like wow you know that's yeah, what that's yeah. something that's glorified like, oh, haha. and when and he's still when and we he's still he, when he talks about addicts even though he's working so hard I mean overtime to include himself in this group he's not when he says addict he means you use drugs and you use yeah. alcohol he is still talking about addicts as others, even though he's trying really hard to include himself in this. And he's on the more progressive end of this. And so when I, you know, for me, like, I know I'm not really talking about the evolution of it because the evolution is is essentially been much less about my own identification, much more about how I feel we as a society need to actually approach this. And I think that there is so much stuff attached to that word and it is used so indiscriminately to identify when we talk about addict like um like John Dupuy in his book who's also one of one, uh, you know a man I in this field I greatly admire he says 
how do you know he, he and you know and he's never struggled with substance abuse substance addictions and he said to a group of students one time he's he's worked in recovery forever he said to a group of students he calls them students not you know addicts or whatever but he does call them addicts he said how do you know when an addict is lying and you know the punchline is their mouth is moving and I you know there's just this you know and then there's this whole like when you talk to somebody, sometimes it's, well, that's my, you know, it's been, I've been, you know, many times people have, you know, told me I, there's this, your there's addict. this assumption and I've been told this before. Well, that's just your addiction or that's your addict. That's your, you know, that's, that's your alcoholism when I'm like working too much or when I'm worried, you know, when I'm being a human. And so there's, when, you're being a human. when I'm being a human. And so I think, you know, I could go on and on and on and on about this but the problem with it is that it's a heavy word and it's got a lot of it's got a lot of 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 very heavy and and determining baggage a lot of people say well you only have to assume this identity while you're going through it or you know you you know whatever but the truth is we still refer we still other people we diminish people by breaking them down into something that's called an addict and and we don't need to sit there and actually define what an addict is for us to conjure up an image in our mind of what it is and there was this um you know, and again, well, don't again, you think a lot of this comes, sorry, don't you think a lot of, I mean, if you think about where this word comes from, right? I mean, it's like, aside from AA, when I, the first time I heard it was like in the, you know, the 80s, like the crack cocaine and the, um, like, whole portrayal of like drugs on the street, you know, and that is still there. I mean, other than that, there's, you know, like the alcoholics on the street too, or the, the guy with the brown bag. It hasn't changed that much. Like, I don't know enough I mean, about that. We- I don't know enough about the history of it though, but I, but I do, but if we're going to go into that, if we're talking about the, like the caricature of an addict, then what we're doing again is we're still looking at a very, very, very disenfranchised part of our population most of it due to yeah. some sort, most of it due to the war on drugs, most of it due to the socioeconomic, most of it due to the race, most of it due to the character of the individual. You know, we look at, we, yeah. we look at co- people that do a lot of cocaine, we think men in business suits. We think of people doing croca- crack cocaine, we think of a black person on the street with a crack pipe. I mean, there is so much, like, there is just so much... Um, it's reserved for for it's reserved for the disenfranchised. It's reserved for the lower parts of, of of society, and so I think there is just this, you know, when it gets back to it, one of the things that 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 we can say about addiction is that everyone has it. What we can say about addiction, you know, I was sitting with somebody one time and. She was on her third or fourth Coke of the day, Coca Cola, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and she turned to me and she can't help it, you know, she, she's drinking that Coke like and she turned to me and said, God, it must be so hard for you, you know, to have to deal with like, you know, to have to deal with that, you know, with your addiction. And I just was like, the fuck, you know, like <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just consumed 800 calories of corn syrup. You know, who, what are we talking about here? And so when we look at human nature, I mean, the way that our bodies are built, we are, we are, and the way that our world is set up, we are a society. We are an addicted society. We are an addicted society. We are addicted to status, wealth, power. We are addicted to TV. We are addicted to sugar. We're addicted to anything that can bring us out of our present moment. If we weren't, we would be an enlightened society, but we're not an enlightened society. Every single human being suffers with addiction because we're all wired the same exact way. And so we've come up with this idea. Hold on, let me finish. We've come up with this idea that that in order for us to help people – and, and, and there is, of course, a barrier to reaching people who are in deep substance abuse. But we have come up with this idea and we bought into this idea as in a society that real addicts and the only problem addicts, the rest of the stuff is kind of cute, but the real addicts are the ones that 
are doing drugs and are drinking and with that connotation comes lesser than other than um, those people not me which does not help us as a whole which does not help us as a whole it actually just creates bigger disenfranchisement it actually just creates an othering and a separation of our common like thread which is just our humanness and our and humanness means our 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 you know our ability to fail and fail greatly and and among other things so I just when we talk about when we talk about alcoholic when we talk about addict it's forced on a population of some of the most vulnerable some of the most you know um it's 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 forced on on the most sensitive population and not only that it's something that we say, you know, we tell them that they have to assume and it's something we use to distinguish ourselves as separate from and it just, to me, it perpetuates, um, it, it keeps people from, it, I think it keeps people from actually healing themselves and keeps people from, you know, keeps people in denial. I think it keeps people stuck in in uh you know an abusive relationship with substances like you know that um because you don't qualify you don't classify as these things um right and I, if and, you're in the middle or in your, if you're in this gray yeah. area yeah. yeah and it allows somebody who who needs to think of themselves and needs to think of the full potential of themselves it allows people to just say i'm just an addict i'm just an alcoholic you know it allows people if it was you know it it, it doesn't it's a stigmatizing word. It's a it's a separating word. So, um, how it's evolved for me is that. So do you just you don't use it anymore? <laughs> no, and I talked yeah, about I that last to, time. Do you use it anymore? I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you. No, I I talked about that last time. I don't. I don't. Um, I stopped using it because I got permission from one of my friends to stop using it. And because she told me it, like, mm-hmm. I, I talked about this last time. She said it killed a little piece of me that I just kind of shrunk back when I used it. And I don't. But I also at, at first kind of came out the gate saying, you know, all of you stop. You know, I like I wanted to save you when you when you identified as an alcoholic. I wanted to say no, you know. But at the same time, I think where I'm at now, how it's evolved for me is I think First and foremost, we get to use the language we want to use to describe ourselves. They do. I mean, that's like first and foremost. I'm not going to take away anybody's right to be able to identify themselves however they want to identify themselves. But I don't, I think in total that actually assuming, you know, they don't even call diabetics diabetics anymore. They call them patients, you know. And I think to some large degree, we have to, we have to stop identifying people as as you know when we think of addict we think of the poor behavior right we think of addict we think of bad choices lying DUIs jail losing a home the tv show cops and other things we think of ugh, you know and I think that if we that we need to be able to say that person is, you know, that's what we, that's what we think. That is what we think. That's how we classify. That's how we category. That's all those are words that are in the same bucket. Bucket. We call people junkies. If you look up the definition of junk, it's things that you want to discard. So what we're essentially saying is that person is worth discarding. They're junky. They're nothing better than a pile of trash stuck in an alley. And so what we have to really be careful of is that the word is so attached to the to the symptoms, the symptoms of what is a, a completely destructive condition and that we can't I, just write a human being off as the symptoms of a condition. We can't just say you're an addict and, and think that that is in some way benefiting an individual. We have to say you're a human and you are a human who is suffering and you're a human who is suffering from addiction as well as other afflictions. And so that's what, you know, when I, it's hard because I know you're saying the economy, like the, you know, like the, the word, the uh, word economy, right? Like I know sometimes I'll, that for no better, I'll have no better word and I'll say alcoholic and a little, and it cuts my stomach. And I was listening to Marion Williamson live on Monday night and she said, she said something about the alcoholics and the addicts. And I just, oh, and I'm just, you know, when I hear people like yeah. classify a group of people as the alcoholics and the addicts, I'm just like, what the fuck? It just always makes me say, what the fuck? 
can we not? Yeah. You know, can we just say people that suffer from addiction? People that suffer from addiction. Right. And I like that a lot better. I mean, I, I say that. Yeah, I say that, too. I say, you know, I have someone who's experienced addiction. Um, and I, 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 I agree with you. I, I do. I Even putting it in my post yesterday, I was like, God damn it. I wish I had a better word. But I say the addicted. I, I say the addicted. Or I say, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways around it. And but I'll forget. You know what? Yeah. You know, it, it, there are, there are, it's, it's a, it's a tricky little subject and a, a tricky big subject. And I mean, I love everything that you said. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think, I think the bottom line is like, it needs to be a, a conscious choice and give people permission to make that conscious choice. Like someone gave you permission, you know? Yeah. You don't, our model, our, you know, recovering model in AA is there's no allowment for choice of whether you're not going to, whether you're going to say that. I mean, you, yeah, you know, we, we not, not, you can say whatever you want, but obviously if you don't say that you're in denial, I mean, the book is called Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous program is Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. So, and again, like I want to be clear, I, I, I think everyone listening knows I, I like AA a lot. I use it. I love the people, love the people in there. But I don't like that word. And I don't, like you said, think that all my, um, you know, all my behaviors, my human behaviors, uh, especially the unsavory ones, um, you know, come from being an alcoholic. I just don't. I never have. That part has never resonated with me. I've never believed it. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, this is something that I, I... love that we're talking about i think it's it's so important it's so important in how we perceive and i you can just see too when people you know we talk to a lot of people when they get permission to not slap that label on themselves it is freeing yeah and for and and it has a lot you know it has a lot of power um and sometimes saying it gives them power you know I've also seen that too like it's like a oh okay this is the thing that you know I'm counting myself in to this it you know it it cut through some kind of denial um about what was actually happening and so I, it can go both ways I think it's just we are allowed to change I we are allowed agree. to change our minds I agree I couldn't you know. agree more because I do think that there I don't I do think that there is an empowerment that comes along from it but if you really then start going down and breaking up what the empowerment is around it you know for me what that looked like was I am I am awesome and I'm whole and I'm a badass and this is my thing you know it was the power that yeah, came around right. it wasn't because the word the power that came around it was because I built power around it and so it came yes. from me and that all that stuff that we talk about, you know, the, the power that people can find in it. Well, it's the power of actually facing your biggest fear and still like counting yourself in. I think that's yeah. like that's that's where a lot of that power, you know, comes around it. But I just yeah, it's like the it's the frequency behind when you're you know, yes. the, you're saying something yeah, yeah. Frequency behind it and yeah. the the same word can carry many, you know, many different frequencies. And yes, I totally agree with that. Um, so. Yeah. And so. then you kind of get into the other side of it was, which is like, I mean, identifying as a non-drinker. Was somebody once pointed out to me and said, well, you're being an idiot because by, uh, by calling yourself a non-drinker, you're, you're still taking a label. And that person was exactly right. And so I think on the other side of it too, I'm also really careful. I don't identify, you know, I don't just identify as, I, I do, you know, I do identify as sober, but I don't, that's not my label, you know, that's not my, that's not my thing. And then you can like get really ridiculous and crazy about all this stuff. And you can say, well, you know, you also say that you're a hipster and you also say that you are, you know, like we can kind of get into this whole thing of like self-identification through labels. I mean, that's how humans are. We're always like, you know, part of our, part of our, our nature is to create, you know, an identity and, and that identity is constructed of things that we identify 
identify ourselves as and with. And so, you know, there's all, you know, there's that whole thing, which is just like a new age annoying, you know, slippery slope. And I think like to be, to be clear, I don't, I don't like think, oh, you know, I do think, I don't think all labels are bad. I do think we need to rethink I do think we need to rethink the ones that create huge separations. Um, you know, there's words yeah. we don't use anymore because of how charged they are and how and how yes. much they kept us separate and how much they kept a specific class of people down. I mean, I don't even need to say it. Like, you know, the one that comes yeah. to mind the most. And we don't use those words. We don't use those words anymore because of what they what what baggage they carried along with them. And so I think that for me, that's how I feel about when we talk about addict, when we say addict, alcoholic, I feel like I would prefer a trajectory where we realize that that word, that word carries with it um, a lot of baggage and it's used on some level to, to repress. I I know that sounds, I don't know. Does that sound too radical? I I know. No, I know what you mean. No, because... Um, I like the analogy of, you know, being a workaholic or a, yeah. I mean, you poor Gabor at- Mate. I was reading it and he's like, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a workaholic, you know? And I was just like, that's glorified. Yeah, that's glorified. That, yeah. Nobody, nobody's judging you for that. No. You know, nobody, they're praising you. Yeah. They're secretly or not so secretly praising you yeah. um, for it. So, yeah. I mean, I love the word sober. I say that. I love you know, yeah. the, the other part to this is we were, we read that, we, we asked what a better word would be, right? And Nobody said anything. Everyone oh, loved teetotaler. Everyone was like, teetotaler. <laughs> that was like, is that the t-shirt that sold the most? <coughs> no, sorry. I'm late. I didn't want to come sold the most, but it was the second. That's but awesome. it was the second. But, um, but yeah, there's a vintage flair around it. But I think the idea is with all this, and this is how I approach it, is I'm very careful about a couple of the words just because I think that there is – because I think they're stigmatizing and I think they're separating. I am careful of a couple of the words. I'm not over-the-top crazy about, you know, labels. Um, I think – Yeah, and the difference is it's because it's you're choosing how to define yourself, not because you're ashamed. Yeah. I think that – that that is a that is the important distinction you know Mm. I questioned myself when I when I had that conversation with my daughter I thought am I am I ashamed like what is this yeah because I don't I don't ever feel ashamed truly ever I know I know anymore um not even about it um I love that this is who I am so it made me you know it made me question I think that just speaks to the power of these of the word yeah um so it, yeah, it was a it was a really I love this discussion and I think um I think it needs to be ongoing and I mean so much of your work is around around this, you know. Um Yeah. I was with I was with um I was with someone I'm not gonna name their name, it's but somebody that's that's just incredibly um that I respect so much in this field and and he said something along the lines of my beloved addicts and it was just like in my mind, you know, I imagined this like at this pool of drooling people with, you know, I don't know, just like in this like this itching, twitching pool of people that were just like little puppies that, you know, had you powerless. Know. Right. You thought of. Yeah. I thought of powerlessness. And I also thought of separation. And I thought of like, you know, I it just it's just this this it's this crazy, crazy separation that comes when we actually start using that word. So yeah, I do. I think it's, it's, I think my, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't say it any clearer. And then I've already said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you've said, said a lot. This is good. This is great. And I think it's a good time to wrap up. Yeah, I um, think so anything too. Anything that we want to talk about or announce? Um, uh, well, the T-shirts are still um, for sale. And uh, well, first, let's just say are, you went in and out a couple of times, and China is definitely messing with your Skype session this morning. But no, I think we want to say maybe our okay. Teespring. It's okay. It's fine. Um, you're calling from Hong Kong. And it's awesome. Um, I think we might want to talk about the Teespring campaign, which is up for another few days, and we're almost mm-hmm. to our goal of selling. I think like 150 shirts is what we wanted to sell. Um, and so if you guys like the podcast and you want to support us and you want a good t-shirt, uh, you can go to 
uh, either my blog, www.hipsobriety.com forward slash home. And uh, it's like the second or third post down where you'll find links or you can go to Laura McCowan, L-A-U-R-A-M-C-K-O-W-E-N.com. And you can see, actually I think in her, she's done a little bit better on the promotional side. I think you can see a link to click to purchase uh, a t-shirt to support us. Yeah, everything but Sober Village is available. Yeah. We still find those. <laughs> I know. People like them. People want to be in your in your sober village. Yeah. I guess like closing, the one thing I want to make sure everyone gets is that this is, you know, this is this is your decision. You get to choose how you identify. This is no one else's decision. And there is a difference between denial and a difference between a label. And, you know, I think one of the things you can come to is actually completely accepting that you can't drink without having to identify as something. Um, and if it helps you, then then use it and use whatever tools that you can possibly use. But at the same time, I just want to make sure everyone always feels they don't have to do something that they don't want to do when it comes to how they identify. It's just, it's no one's business but your own. You've got yourself this far. You're listening to a sobriety podcast. Trust that you're going to keep getting yourself there. And sober is sober is sober. You know, I I think that... I don't even need to go more into that (laughs) but I think there's a lot around not admitting that you're you know not feeling like you're not really like you did not really sober if you're not saying I'm an alcoholic and yeah yeah well it's an evolution and all of us each have a very you know specific evolution that we'll go through so anyway all right I love you love you too so this I wish I knew how to say a word in I don't. I'm embarrassed. Um, just say bye. Bye. Was it? Yeah. Infinitely.